0: We're continuing in our series with First Peter, and I uh, just want to take a moment before we continue and just pray. Father, we thank you that we call upon your name, Lord, and you are there. That, Lord, you are not hidden from us, but that you reveal yourself to us. So, Father, we pray right now that you would reveal yourself to us in a new way today. Renew us, refresh us, make us whole, and speak in such a way that we would be transformed, Lord. Transformed because we know you more this day than we knew yesterday. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been in a series uh, for going through 1 Peter. And as we've been going through that series, persevering in a time of trouble. And, and what does that look like for us? And as we've gone through 1 Peter, we've seen different themes in the last couple of weeks. First is, Jesus is our living hope. And we're called to live this holy life. So if you don't first understand Jesus is your living hope, you have to start back at the beginning and go there. Jesus is our living hope. And when you get hold of that, what Peter was telling them in their time of trial, that knowing that, then we're called to this place, this holy life. And as we walk out this holy life, there'll be trials. And as we go through those trials, our faith will be sharpened. Our faith will be strengthened. And we also read just today that Jesus is our chief cornerstone, that everything in our life should be built on that stone, that that's the stone that holds the wall up, holds the building up, and that's who we build our lives on, and that we're also to be a blessing to others, to those we encounter, to those that we meet, knowing that information, that good news that the Lord has brought into our lives, that we're to bring that into others' lives. And today I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to talk about developing a godly character and the importance of developing a godly character. Godly character is this it's knowing and doing the will of God. That's godly character. Not to confuse it, not, not to overthink it. it, it's knowing and doing the will of God. So if you don't know God, how can you do His will? But if you know Him, you're called to do His will. And that will gives us this discernment of knowing God's right way versus the enemy's wrong way. And that we begin to live in that right way, with that godly character that's being shaped and formed in us. And in light of our current situation that we're going through, our global pandemic... I believe now, more than ever, we need to press into developing a godly character. What does that mean, and what does that look like? And we're in the eighth week of no public assembly as a church. And it's been difficult, and it's been trying. And the first week or two, uh, we're trying to, just to adjust and figure out what that is. And uh, what I can tell you is that eight weeks feels like it's been a year. And, 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 and time is irrelevant at this point, it seems, or the day of the week seems irrelevant. And we've come into this time now where we're in this eighth week of dealing with COVID-19 and and we've become incredibly informed about this virus and that this virus is fatal. and can be fatal if you contract it. We come to realize that we're now fighting an enemy that we cannot see it's something that we can't see that 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 it's not right in front of us it's it's more or less invisible to us and our precaution against the enemy was to shelter in place was that was the first thing that we can do i remember when the governor said we're going to hit pause and no one thought pause would be reaching 60 days pause is usually momentarily and it, here we are and we've hit pause and we began to shelter In place to take that precaution. We started to self-distance and and, and put that into a practice. And that took some getting used to. Then we're told to wash our hands and the importance of washing our hands. And and I don't know why we weren't washing them more often before, but we're more alert now than ever about washing our hands and, and covering our face and I might vote for this in every flu season, by the way, that we begin to make those changes, or, or wearing gloves, uh, the important, and boosting your immune system. I've got so much vitamins running through me right now <laughs> that uh, I don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm just running on C, D, multi, everything that I can find and take. I figure I need all the boost I can get to defend myself against an enemy that I cannot see. And we're now in a place of high alert. And we're in high alert to fight an enemy that we can't see. When you're gathered in a room or or with your family and someone sneezes, what's the first thought you have? I better defend myself against that. Or, like me, is you might have corona, get away from me. Go in the other room. Because it's something I can't see, or someone coughs, and there's this reaction. What is that? What can that be? Because there's this heightened alert. There's this awareness that we didn't have prior. And we've taken these precautions, and um, we've put in these new disciplines in our lives in ways that we've never done before. If someone would have asked us 60 days ago that you would be needing to do these things in your life to have precautions in your life, we wouldn't be doing them. Or we wouldn't have believed it. But now we've put these disciplines in our everyday life. They've become part of our everyday life, that I have gloves or I wear a mask or um, that I'm washing my hands, that I'm doing these very things and it's becoming a habit the longer we do it. And we've, we've built these things into our life. And we're willing to do whatever it takes to save our physical life. That, that when we start looking at mortality and the reality of that, we'll defend against whatever that is. And it got me thinking, doing all these things. And I really felt like the Lord spoke to me in the midst of this. It got me thinking that the effort and the time and all that I'm doing and my awareness and my, the heightened level of alert, that, that what about our spiritual lives, which are far more important than our physical life? And what is God saying in a time like this about our physical lives? Are we doing whatever it takes to save our spiritual life? Am I doing whatever it takes? If our spiritual life, we have to realize when we come to a place, am I I doing whatever it takes? And in our spiritual life, we fight against an enemy we cannot see. We don't see the enemy, but we see the effects of the enemy. We know what that brings and we know what that causes and Ephesians 6:12 says this For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places that we're not wrestling against the physical we are right now in our heightened awareness that we're, we're aware of our physical being. And, but scripture tells us that we're not wrestling against those things. But we're wrestling against these principalities and powers of rulers, of the darkness, of, of, of the age, and that, that there's a spiritual battle that's ensued. And we have to begin to be aware of that battle in even a greater way than the physical battle, and, and how will we do that? How do we get our spiritual life on high alert? How, how, do I, how do I begin to engage in that way, and what will be the precautions that I will take? What, what will I do to fight against this very thing? What precautions I, will I put in my life if that is so valuable to my spiritual life? What would I do, and how do I fight against an enemy I cannot see. What do I do? 1 Peter 4.1 says this, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Christ has suffered for our sins, and we too will experience both joy and suffering. That that comes, when you hear the scripture, take up your cross and follow me, it's not hypothetical. It's not something that we just think like it's a nice saying, but that there is trials, and there there are tribulations in in this world that we're going to have. And there's joy, great joy. And what Peter is saying is that you got to arm yourself with the mind of Christ. And if you're going to arm yourself with the mind of Christ, you've got to renew your thinking. That that's how your spiritual life will begin to change, that we've got to renew our thinking. See, the Lord gives us grace in every moment with the power and a purpose to live that out. He gives us grace right now, in this very moment. He's pouring out grace into your life. He's giving grace. A purpose right now in this moment and that grace and his power and that purpose is to be lived out right now in that moment and for us to get there to to grab hold of the spiritual battle we got to recognize our first step is to make a clean break from the sin in our lives and Peter brought that up through first Peter that he's reminding them remember our goal is the eternal life not the temporal one and that we're fixing our eyes on Jesus and and as we fix our eyes on him The author and the perfecter, as we we align our lives with him, we come into a place where we have to defend ourselves in a spiritual battle. And that first step is to break away from those things that are holding us back. And that we have to stop looking in the past. For many of us, you got to stop living in the past. And how important it is to start living in the now. In this moment, in your spiritual life. Scripture tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. But it's in today. See, we've got to maximize the grace that God wants to pour out in our lives today, in this moment. You can't borrow on yesterday's grace. And you can't be looking for tomorrow's grace. But in a spiritual battle, we've got to rely on that grace now, in that moment, to fight an enemy that we can't see. We have to stop being drawn into the ways of the world and allow the Lord's will to be made perfect in our lives. And when we make this break, we reject the world, and we have to realize that the world will reject us, and that's part of the trial, that that we can't do both. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. What that's going to do is destroy you. And that's part of the spiritual battle. And that we have to come to the Lord and let Him have that battle for us and battle with us. But is my spiritual life, am I in that heightened awareness right now in this very moment? 1 John 4.4 4 says this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than He who is who that is in the world. See, he overcame them. He overcame the enemy. If Christ is in you, then greater is he that is in you than that he is in the world. And that's a place we begin from in a spiritual battle of knowing that truth, that we have to recognize that we're fighting from a place of victory, not defeat. That, that it begins there. And, and, and our Lord, he's the victor. And with his power, anything is possible in our lives. That he'll get us through anything in our lives. As his power is being made known in our lives. 1 Peter 4, 7-10 says this. Peter goes on and says, But the end of all things is at hand. What Peter is saying is that he will come again to judge both the living and the dead. And we're to live every day like it's our last. That's why he said, give us this day our daily bread, that it's in this day that we live. And and Peter said, by the end of all things is at hand. Then he says, therefore. And whenever it says therefore, we're supposed to pay attention. Therefore is therefore us to pay attention. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each of us has received a gift, minister it to one another as God's stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's four things that Peter points out to prepare ourselves for a daily battle. He gives us a little insight of of what's going to take place when we're having trials, when we're having difficulties, when the circumstance seems overwhelming. And we recognize that we're fighting an enemy that we can't see, and it's a spiritual battle. Peter's saying, these are the things that you have to do, and, and the first thing that you have to do is pray seriously and watchfully. That's first and foremost right now. You need to pray seriously and watchfully. Say, my whole heart is in this. My eyes are open. Now, I've been, you'll see, this is my iPad. And I was trying to save my battery's life because my battery is dying too fast. So I was going through and I was finding things in the process. And you see here that uh, where it says prayer, Facebook, camera, it shows you in your battery life what's using up the percentages of your battery. And and, and there's ways that you can look at your screen time if you really want to feel good about yourself, go ahead and look at that and see the hours that blow by in your life. Just nothingness and going through, but I'm not judging anyone. But the battery life, I was going through it and, and as I went through it, prayer, which I do on the iPad as part of my daily office, and it highlighted prayer was at 72% of what's using my battery life. And I said, praise the Lord. i got to get to 100%. I'm getting there. I'm at 72%. percent i got to make it to 100%. And, and, and I had no idea. Now that I boasted about myself, pride will set in and I'll destroy every good feeling I had about myself for one moment. But I think you would think your pastor needs to be praying for you, amen? And, 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 and I do spend a good amount of time in prayer every day, and that's my discipline first and foremost, no matter what, that I put him first before all things. Because I know I fight an enemy that I can't see. And I know that without prayer and him in my life, I will be defeated but I allow him in that place first and foremost. And I make that room and and I let him in my life in that way to build that relationship with who he is through prayer. And I take it seriously who he is. And I pray watchfully because I expect him to speak and I expect him to meet me in that place just as if I was having a conversation with you right now. And I come to him with that place to meet him in that prayer. And we're called to that place. And right now, we're fighting an enemy that we can't see. But what we can do is pray. What we can do is begin to press in through prayer that way. That, that we could pray ourselves in building that relationship. We can pray with our spouse. Or we can pray with our children, our family. We have time. We can could, we could make a move of something we haven't done before. And if you want to begin that steps of fighting that battle, what if you did that? What if that was the first step of not just your prayer life, but, but collectively, or made a commitment with a friend that you're going to talk to once a day and pray together? Nothing is holding us back from doing that. Or well, the only thing I should say that's holding us back is the enemy doesn't want you to pray. Because the enemy wants to destroy us. He wants to leave us in a place of fear and anxiousness and doubt and shame. But that's not why Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross to free us, to give us this relationship. He defeated the grave so that we can have that relationship. Prayer is essential to a godly character. And we need that prayer more than ever in our lives. And our battery usage should be 100%. And that should be our goal to have 100% in prayer in that relationship with all our lives with him. Second thing Peter says is love. He says love fervently towards one another. That fervently we're to love one another. That means this. That means that we're called to love with no conditions. That we don't get to put a condition on love. And, And often we do. I'll love you if. Jesus said there, there, there are no conditions. He, he, he modeled what love was for us and that there's no conditions, that we're called to show an unconditional love, that we're called to be forgiven when we don't want to forgive others. We're called to be compassionate and merciful. That's the kind of love that we're called to show. Fervent love is, is a love that I'm, I'm willing to love in a way that I haven't loved before. And he says, by the way, love will cover that multitude of sins. His love for us is what covers that multitude of sin. And here's what I know. Hate will sow discord, but love brings unity. Love unifies us in a relationship with him. It unifies us with one another as the body of Christ. It unifies us in our relationship as husband and wife. And often with my wife, she has a saying that she uses for me to remind me about Our covenant of marriage in the word love. And she'll tell me, look into my eyes. And I'll look into our eyes. And she'll say, lovingly. Lovingly. Not quickly, not passing by, but lovingly look into my eyes. You know, that's how Jesus looks at us, lovingly. He looks at us with no conditions. He loves us with no conditions. Peter says the third thing is this, give. Give and be generous in all you do and joyful while you're doing it. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. That that we're to be joyful in all our ways as we give. As as we give all that he's given unto us that that, that we give back, that we're called to be givers just as he gave up his life. And that we're to do it generously to those around us. The fourth thing is to serve by using the very gifts the Lord has given us and pouring them into others. That we're to use those very gifts, the, the way that he's created us and made us, that we're called to bring that to others. This is part of what, what defines that godly character in us, to shape us and form us in who he is. And, 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 and there's ways in all four of these areas right now that, that we could do them right from our homes no matter where we're at, that, that we can bring prayer and love and give generously and, and, and serve in ways that maybe we just haven't thought, thought about it before. But God's shaping that character in our lives, and if we're going to defend against an enemy we cannot see, these are the ways that we bring that defense in. These are the ways that we can combat that spiritual battle, just as we have put those disciplines in to keep a virus away from us so that we could be healthy physically. We've got to put the disciplines in so that we can grow spiritually and allow him to strengthen us in these areas of our lives. Allow him in all those places that we've pushed him away. See, Jesus modeled for us a godly character. And to defeat the enemy, you cannot see We must pray, love, give, and serve. Amen? Let's pray. Father, you are our living hope. And we know, Lord, the importance of that relationship that you call us to with you. So strengthen us today. Lord, give us a heightened awareness right now in this moment of of your presence. Holy Spirit, be ever-present right now in this very moment. Meet us at our point of need in in this moment right now and, and awaken in us what it is that we need to do to strengthen ourselves to fight a spiritual battle. Help us, we pray, Lord. Now, if maybe you're watching with us for the first time and you haven't made that decision to allow Christ in your life that way, that he's not your living hope, but he died to be your living hope, you have to welcome him into your life. And he's calling you right now. So we have to surrender and turn from our ways. We have to break off that sin, those things in our life and begin to walk in a new direction. And when we come, he pours out that grace I talked about with power. And what he gives us is the greatest gift an eternal life to be with him. Now, if you haven't asked him in your life that way, I want to pray with you. And I want you to pray with me right now and just repeat the words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer and you're on our campus live.intercessorchurch.com there's a button that comes up and let us know that you prayed that and we're so excited about this new journey that you're on and we're going to help you in every way possible in this new relationship and journey so you too can fight that spiritual battle. Amen.